I don't take this lightly. Um, I know you had busy weeks and it took your time to come here tonight. So um, I want to I want to deliver a word. I believe God gave me a word uh, and I don't want to take a long time. I'm so glad we got to hear from Josiah. But I do take this very seriously and I believe that God gave me a word for somebody. I'm hoping I can deliver it. Uh, and it'll touch you the way it's touched me as God's given it to me. But let me say a prayer over this word uh, and my delivery right now. Dear God, thank you for the word we just heard. Your word is so powerful. That was a powerful delivery right there. I believe lives have already been touched and changed. I believe you're going to do some more work in the house. Just anoint me as I try to deliver this word right now in Jesus' name. I want to start with something very basic. Um, Looking forward... In the direction that you're going is a fundamental of many activities that we do in life. And I kind of look at ordinary activities in life and I try to apply that to where we are on our walk. But while we're walking, while we're running, we all know it's kind of important to look ahead. We need to see if there are obstacles, if there are hazards in front of us. We need to see if there might be some opportunities up there. Some of us, uh, maybe Marlon can, can uh, tell us about this. He does some snow skiing. When you're snow skiing, it's really important that you look ahead of you. Um, same thing. You, you don't need to look right here. You don't need to look 100 yards. you got a certain distance, and depending on your speed and where you're going in the terrain, you need to keep that distance. But it's really important looking ahead. This goes with, with uh, wakeboarding, uh, a lot of athletic activities. It's important to look ahead and watch what's coming. Um, but I'm just trying to apply this to our everyday life and our walk with God. And I want to talk about which direction we are looking tonight. But let me just stop and ask you, which direction are you looking? Are you looking ahead and seeing what's in front of you? And I'm sure some of you already have said, Anthony, what's, what's the big deal? You're focusing way too much on this looking ahead stuff. Sometimes, don't you know, you need to look back. There's really a lot of benefit in looking back and you're correct. It is um, sometimes very um, important that we look back also. I just took a little survey and, and did some analysis when I was um, preparing this. And so just my truck, I have like a old 2012 Toyota truck, but it's specifically equipped with some um, technology that assists me in backing up. It has a little backup camera. Uh, it's pretty cool. I know you guys and gals that uh, pull trailers, you, you like that, how easy it is to hook onto the trailer when you got the camera. But, you know, I took a closer look at my old pickup truck, and actually my truck is equipped with this special uh, rear view mirror, 20 square inches, just specifically designed to help me look back. And then I have both a left and a right rear view mirror on my truck. That's an additional 35 square inches on each side. Um, and I have the backup camera that's 14 and a half square inches. These are, this is special equipment on my truck for looking back. And, and my truck has, again, just an old Toyota, uh, but it has a, another specific feature. Uh, it's a device that's 1,460 square inches, and it's specifically installed on my truck to help me looking forward. So basically, some of you that are so good at the math are way ahead of me here, but it's about 5% of the equipment on my truck that's designed for helping me look back. And about 95% of it is helping me to look forward. 
So it's not real scientific. I'm trying to take some of these analogies and apply them to where I am in trying to follow God and trying to walk through life and do what he wants me to do. But this is kind of anecdotal, but 5% of the time looking back, I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb. I think maybe I'll just say, let's try that. Let's spend 5% of our time looking back. And so I've, I've really simplified and summarized this, and I've come up with my sermon title, Don't Look Back. A few years ago, I, I enjoy <coughs> motorsports, and a few years ago, there were quite a few drivers that were retiring, and one driver that I had, had followed a little bit, Matt Kenseth, um, as he was in his year, uh, as the year wears on, you know, he was getting close to the end of his contract, and people were starting to wonder, well, did you get a new contract for next year? It happens that Matt was uh, 45 years old. And um, actually, it had been announced that a 20-year-old driver was going to be taking his particular car and joining his team the next year. So he goes, you know, oh, what are you doing, Matt? You know, are you going to be going to another team? You're going to get a new contract? What's going on? They start talking this stuff two or three months ahead, but they start asking Matt questions. Every time he'd show up at a race and get ready to go, uh, reporters would come around and like want to ask him a lot of questions, like, what are your most significant accomplishments? You know, as you're looking back on your career, do you have any regrets? Uh, is there anything you'd do differently if you had it to do all over again? And Matt basically said, you know, one day, I appreciate you all. Y'all add a lot to our sport, but asking, you know, I know you're doing your job, but one day that'll be very neat for me to look back on my career and talk about those things, but not right now. Actually, we have a race this weekend. Actually, I'm running for a championship this year. Actually, I have things to do. I don't want to talk about that right now. He said someone told me that, Looking back, by looking back like that, you're admitting that you don't have a future. I have a future. And as it turned out, Matt was right. Matt went on and drove several more years and accomplished quite a bit of stuff. But I think it's kind of important for us to be looking ahead. And I just want to encourage you tonight, don't look back. In the scripture in Matthew 4, Jesus was walking on the seashore by Galilee, and he called Peter and Andrew and James and John to be disciples. And actually, if we take a close look, uh, we see that there was an opportunity. There could have been more disciples and more apostles, but some people were looking the wrong direction. In Luke chapter 9 um, and verse 59... Jesus was walking on the shore, and he called out some of those disciples, and it said, verse 59, Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So these guys, as far as I know, they probably could have been another two apostles but they were looking back. In other words, anyone who is focused on a past disappointment, a past frustration, a past failure, cannot achieve what God has for you. And I know things that I'm experiencing in my life, and I just believe God gave me this word for someone here tonight, perhaps one of you. 
are dealing with something that occurred in your past. It might have been a death. It might have been a divorce. It might have been a disease in you or a family member. It might have been a career failure. And, you know, actually, um, it could have been even your fault. It could have been you just totally dropped the ball. You totally blew it. And there's some really bad things that you've experienced because of that. And that's something in your past. <clears throat> it bothers you. You spend a lot of time thinking about it, looking at it. But I'm, I'm hoping we learn in looking at these scriptures that God wants us to be looking ahead. And he does not want us to be looking back. Let me go quickly. Uh, I had planned to go into some more scripture here. I think I'll just summarize this. But we know there's one person in the Bible that may be better known for looking back than anyone else. Okay, so we know the short story uh, in Genesis chapter nine, uh, in, in chapter nineteen. But basically, Abraham and Lot dwell together, and there, it became way too crowded. They both had large herds. The herd men were quarreling, and they needed to go separate directions. So Abraham told Lot, uh, "I'm going to let you choose which way you want to go." Lot chose one direction, and he went toward Jordan, uh, which included the city of Sodom. City of Sodom became Sodom became very wicked. And God decided to destroy it. Uh, and so God sent angels to the city to warn Lot and tell him to leave, take his entire family and get out and don't look back. We know the story. Lot rounded up as many of his family members and as many people as would go with him, which was not nearly enough, uh, as many as he wanted it to be. But he left and he went to the next city. But his wife, for some reason, looked back. And she became... <clears throat> pillow of salt. She couldn't. So, so why did Lot's wife look back? She couldn't let go of some things in her past. Uh, some of her children were back in Sodom. They didn't do exactly what she wanted to do. She couldn't help but wonder what might have been. As we go into this tonight, I'm thinking that this is the things that I think about what might have been had this not happened in my life, had I not done that, had these bad things not come to me. She didn't realize that God had called her out for the purpose, and she had a much brighter future than what was sitting for her in Sodom. Abraham and Lot, they had come to that area. Actually, Lot met his wife there. She was from Sodom. They were happy to move on and see what else God had for them. There were some things that were holding Lot's wife there, and she couldn't stop looking back are there some things in your past that you can't let go of i thought i was going to be in maybe a different city right now maybe i thought i would be with a different family some different family members would i be certainly i didn't see being in this career i thought i would be in another career why am what am i doing here and I'm doing a lot of different things now than I really thought I'd be doing. Are these some of the questions that come into your mind? You know, why is it that I didn't marry that guy? Or why did I date that girl? Or why did I go to school there or not take that job? Are these, am I the only one that thinks about some of these things? But do you spend time thinking about why or what might have been? Why did God not let me be successful on some of my early dreams? Why do I feel like a failure sometime when I look back? God must not be up there. Or he must not care about me since he let me fail. I'm just here to tell somebody tonight 
that God brought you to that place so he could bring you through it. And so that you could have that experience and that he can bring you on to what he has in store for you. One of the fundamentals uh, of trait that almost every very successful high level athlete must have is a short memory. Some of you are way more into sports than I am, but I read the headlines and I, I gain a lot from it. A quarterback throws an interception. He's trying really hard to get his team to score. He's close, he's pushing, he's running, he's doing great work. And then in an instant, the other team intercepts his ball and runs it back for a touchdown and scores seven points just that quick. A baseball pitcher, he's pitching a great game. He has two strikes on the guy. He throws one more over and the batter hits the ball out of the park, grand slam, four runs. In circumstances like this, the quarterback and the pitcher have just had a horrendous failure. And it would be nice if they could go sit down in the dugout, sit on the bench and think about this. Maybe they could put the headphones on and the coach could talk to them a little bit and tell them what happened or assure them it's going to be okay. They can't do that. When the quarterback, ha when that happens to him, guess what? The other team just scored. You know what the next thing that happens is? He gets back on the field and he has to throw the ball right back in that situation again. And so I find myself in this situation sometime when I'm trying really hard and I have a horrendous failure, then I find I have to get right back on the field and I have to go again. And the point at which this applies to us and to these athletes, the point at which the quarterback and the pitcher must be the strongest, that's when he really needs to get back on the field and throw a strike or thread the ball into the receiver so that we can get back on the scoreboard. That's the point when his confidence is the lowest. He has to have a really short memory to get over this and keep going. So that's exactly why I'm challenging you this evening to have a very short memory. I don't want you thinking <clears throat> about what happened to you last month, this afternoon, last year, five years ago. I want you thinking about what is in front of you and what God has for you. Just a couple of uh, examples that I'm, I'm going to pull from quickly. Um, there's a guy named Michael Jordan. Some of you uh, know Michael Jordan. In the conversation about who's the greatest basketball player ever, his name sometimes comes up. I'm not a sports fan. I don't choose sides. I don't know these guys nearly as well as some people do, but I just know that there's a really good basketball player that's named Michael Jordan. And in uh, his bio on NBA.com, it says that he single-handedly redefined the NBA superstar. And I know that Nike launched an ad uh, where they quoted, Michael quoted some things in there, and he said, this has to be true. Uh, it was on the Internet. <laughs> he says, he, I mean, and, and some of you guys, you, you all can correct me if I'm wrong because you, you, you know this stuff. Michael Jordan said, the internet said, he lost 300 games. That's more games than most NBA people play in, I believe. He missed 9,000 shots. Again, there's a lot of people that play in the NBA that never take 9,000 shots. 26 times they were close to the end of the game. They called a timeout. It was if they kept doing this, they run a few seconds down, and so they're on the sideline. It's like four seconds, eight or six or whatever it is this time, and they get a play together. And they said, 
Michael Jordan, he's our best player. He's got the hot hand. Let's give him the ball. 26 times they gave Michael Jordan the ball because he's the man. And Michael Jordan missed the shot and lost the game 26 times. There's another guy that you might have heard of, Tom. He was a great inventor. He invented, uh, he had a thousand patents, but also he failed quite a few times. And his failures, he viewed them as stepping stones. His success rate was much worse than Michael Jordan's. Michael Jordan's success rate was 50, a little bit less than 50%. So Michael Jordan said, that's not a problem that I miss. I just have to take two shots if I want to score because I know I'm going to miss one. Half the time he was missing. Well, for Tom, it was much worse than that. He tried 9,999 times before he succeeded with the light bulb. You know Thomas Edison. But Tom said, I didn't fail. I found 9,999 ways that the light bulb does not work. <laughs> and he kept moving. He did not look behind him at all those 800 ways that don't work. He kept looking ahead, reaching for the one that does work. Don't look back. So um, why don't you stand and, and let's come to the front. I, I want you to... Um, consider, uh, I, I don't know if this impacts you as much as it does me while I'm studying it and while I'm working on it. I don't know if looking back in these failures affect you the way they do me, but if so, I want to spend some time considering where I am and what I need to do. There are a couple of guys in the, uh, in the Bible that we want to, to focus on just for a moment as we move toward closure here. King David was a, is a character that we know so much about. Um, actually, I hate to tell you, but King David was a murderer and an adulterer. He had some huge failures, yet he killed Goliath and he delivered the children of Israel. He wrote the book of Psalm. I mean, his, his words are the book of Psalm. David was known as a man after God's own heart. As I was going through my chronology this year and studying the kings, they talk so much about David. When I went to Israel, he has his tomb still there, the king of David there. And, and I, when I passed King David in the chronology, every other king after him was compared to David. They said, this king did this, this, and this, but he didn't have the spirit of David. Paul was a murderer. I hate to tell you these things, but I, I need to draw on this sometime when I, when I fail. Paul was a murderer and a blasphemer, yet Paul did not look back. He wrote over half of the New Testament, but Paul did not spend a lot of time focusing on his failures. In Philippians 3.13, Paul wrote, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the high calling. While Paul was in prison after all that failure, they had to change his guards out very frequently because he would convert them and he could do basically whatever he wanted to do. So I challenge you tonight, maybe I'm the only one, but I'm gonna stop looking back. I'm gonna stop thinking about what happened to put me in this place and I'm gonna start looking more ahead at what God is trying to do with me and for me right now. There's one other story that I will tell you. This happens to do with a guy that some of you heard of, Tom Brady. I'm sorry, I draw so much from sports stories. Maybe you can too, <clears throat> if you don't, excuse me. There was a particular game in February 2017 
Uh, it happened to be a Super Bowl that year, and Tom Brady and his New England Patriots were playing the Atlanta Falcons. And I happened to be a little bit interested in that. I believe Tom was going for his sixth Super Bowl at the time, but it so happens that my brother-in-law lives in Atlanta, and he was kind of a huge Atlanta Falcons fan, and I kind of liked Tom Brady a little bit, so I was kind of paying attention, and the game did not go well at all. Tom wasn't doing well. He, he couldn't make passes. His runners couldn't run. His receivers couldn't receive. They didn't have any good plays. They couldn't defend. The game did not go well at all for them. This is a failure I'm talking about. At halftime, the score on that game was 21 to three. The New England Patriots were behind. The, the, they were behind 18 points. And that's really big because nobody has ever come back from being down more than 10 points in the Super Bowl until that day. But the Patriots did what I'm asking you to do and they refused to look back. I remember, I'm not a big fan, sometimes I watch the, the Super Bowl, but I remember this game pretty well. And by that time, we had said, it's over. Yep, old Ricky over there in Atlanta, he's gonna start rubbing it in and he's gonna tell us about this because this is over. But it's a really strange thing happened. After the second half, you know, Tom Brady came out and his team and he started making a little pass. They weren't like going for the end zone, trying to make it all up. They were just playing ball. but. They started running and they started passing. They started making passes. They started doing, they started defending. And the short of it is the New England Patriots, they won that game 34 to 28. They scored 31 straight points, but they kind of had the Matt Kenseth mentality. I don't want to talk about what might've been. I have a game to win right now. I have a championship to win right now. I want to look ahead. And you know, they interviewed a lot of the the New England players, and they said, wow, what happened at halftime? And Bill Belichick said, I didn't really come up with a great speech. And he was probably, I expected him to try to come take credit. He said, I didn't really have a great speech. Wasn't that big a deal? All the players in there, they said, nobody threw anything. Nobody got really mad. Nobody did anything really dramatic. We just looked back briefly on the first half and we realized we didn't run, we didn't throw, we didn't catch, we didn't defend, we didn't do well. Let's get a plan, let's look to the future. The New England Patriots came out of there and they got it together. And in the second half, they just started making plays. And along the way, we were like, it's a possibility they might go win this thing. And they won that game. But I'm asking you, just trying to make this more personal here. I'm really, really going to close now. Um, forget about your original goal and who, thought, who you thought you would be and where you thought you would be and who you thought you would be with. You have no time for looking back tonight. And as we close, I just wanna ask a few questions and, and please no one blurt out the answer. Um, don't raise your hand. Where are you on your journey tonight? You have a journey through life. We all have some plans. Some, we started forming those plans when we were 10, when we were 12, 15, 18. 23 we had all these plans so where are you on your journey tonight on the journey that you set out for life and on the journey that you believe God called you for we could look in your wallet or in your purse tonight and on your driver's license or other important cards we could find your date of birth and we would know how long you've been in the game we can look at your GPS and we can tell 
your geographical coordinates. But I just ask you, where are you on your journey tonight? And what are you doing at that place? It, this might not apply to some of you. Some of us have had questions before like, wow, how did I get here? This wasn't anywhere on my plan. There's never, it, none of my plans could have brought me here. How did I get to this place? And don't even ask that question. How is it that I got here and was it my fault? But I just have, I'm going to go ahead and answer. The, the answer is actually really easy. And I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. You are not out of position. Even though you're so far from the course that you laid out for yourself. You with different people, you're in different places, you're in different careers. You're way off course from where you planned to be. I just believe this is real for somebody tonight. You're way, way away from where you intended to be. You shot for the mark, but you missed it by a million miles. Say, God, please help me figure out how I missed it that bad. I'm just here to tell you, you are not out of position. <clears throat> you are, tonight, the answer is simple about where you are. You are exactly where God wanted you to be. God brought you to that place. When I planned my life, I had a really cool plan. I was going to go here, meet these people, do that stuff, go in that career, do this, go there, and then just sail off. It didn't work out anything like that. But I'm just telling you, the place I'm at tonight is exactly where God wanted me to be. Even though I made some really bad mistakes, I failed miserably. I blew it. God planned on me being right there. The greatest opportunity of your life stands right in front of you. Even though you threw a horrible interception or your pitch was just hit completely out of the stadium for a grand slam, God has called upon you to look forward, to step up and claim everything that he's promised you. And this is really not that hard. God is going to do this work. All we have to do is follow him and do what he tells us to do and look forward. There's a scripture that gives us some comfort here. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1 through 5, it talks about the times when Israel was not doing what God wanted them to do and how they were being defeated and they lost everything. But that <coughs> series of scriptures concludes by saying that God will restore everything you lost. I like that. Some of the things I've caused, some of the problems I've caused myself and my family have been destructive. They've been really bad and it caused me to lose a lot. The scripture tells me if I'm doing what God's asking me to do, he will restore everything that I've lost. In closing tonight, I just use another one. This is my last comment. Use another really, really simple example. My truck also is equipped with a GPS and my phone is equipped with a GPS and my truck GPS and my phone GPS do some really weird things. They tell me to turn left or go south and I turn south, but it actually turns not to be south, it's north. And so when I turn north, it tells me um, keep going north. And I'm like, wait a minute, you don't know where you are. It said, and then it tells me to go north for a while and it says, make a U-turn. 
and try again to go south. And actually my GPS one time, I know you won't believe this, but once I was uh, going to a deposition and I was mm, probably a little bit late, maybe right on time, and a doctor was in a new office building and I was driving really close and rushing, trying to get there. And, and I saw that he was in a new big hospital over there and it was a grassy field and I'm driving right up there. And then my GPS says, park your car and get out and walk. <laughs> I'm very serious. But the one thing my GPS has never told me is, you have exceeded the allowed numbers of failures. Stop, go back to where you started and try again because you cannot get there from here. My GPS never told me that and neither has my God. I've had my life messed up so bad before I was confident that it couldn't be fixed and I just wanted to give up. I don't know if anybody else has ever been in that situation but my God has never told me, you messed it up too bad. We cannot, I cannot get you there from here. My God has never told me that. He's told me simply, don't look back. Look forward from where you are right now. I can erase all the past failures, losses, disappointments. I can bring you to where you need to be. You're in the perfect place right now if you just look forward and go to do what I'm asking you to do. So please do not look back.